0: It's time for JT the Brick. I love my job. I love the opportunity that I can come in here and talk to the Raider Nation. Put some respect on JT the Brick's name. The plan was to get this roster with this new regime. They were not keeping this roster, my friend. Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels were not keeping the roster they inherited from Mayock and Gruden and before that. And there were going to be changes, and we told you. Are you with me on that? Excuses die. The record stands.
1: JT the Brick.
0: It. that's all we've been telling you all year if you've been listening they have a plan i'm not saying it's going to work it's going to be a hundred percent but i'm behind the plan the plan is to get it up to speed where it's really good for a long period of time you are what your record is sound off like you got a pair and now jt the man to miss the legend here's jt the brick welcome back everybody jt right here in vegas on the flagship of the Raiders as the masters Is in progress. We'll give you a leaderboard coming up here momentarily. Uh, Later on this hour, I'll get into my opinions on Anthony Richardson, the quarterback. uh, Bucky Brooks, who works with the Raiders and NFL Media, NFL.com, put out his new mock draft, and I want to go through. and It's pretty amazing. It's got a big surprise to it. The big surprise is Will Levis, the quarterback of Kentucky, is not even in the first round. He has him in the second round. And you won't believe where he has Anthony Richardson. I'll dive into that here in a little bit. For the Masters today, today is supposed to be the only decent day of weather as the clouds are starting to roll in. And there's a lot of low scores. Very low scores out of the gate with several good golfers out on the golf course, including... Scotty Scheffler and Roy McIlroy. Victor Hovland and John Rahm in the lead at 7-under par. So they look very good. Cameron Young from the United States is 5-under. He's really good. Sam Burns, who's fantastic, is 5-under. You got Shane Lowry from Ireland, who is 4-under. Xander Shoffley from San Diego, 4-under. And then Adam Scott from Australia, former Green Jacket winner, 4-under. Also Brooks Kepka. Uh, From Live Golf is four under. Uh, Jordan Spieth is through seven. He's three under. He's playing well at times. And Justin Thomas just finished his round at two under par, along with Cameron Smith, who won the British Open. So the leaderboard is absolutely loaded. And here's a nice surprise. Phil Mickelson is at two under par through 13. Morikawa, two under. Scheffler, two under. And Freddie Couples, old man Freddie, beat his buddy Tiger Woods. Fred Couples shot one under. I cannot believe that. Can you believe that? Fred Couples comes out of the gate one under par, Matsuyama one under, and Finau is on on the course at one one under. If you missed any of Tiger Woods, Tiger really grinded it out. Uh, He was three over for most of the day and then battled back to two over with a bogey on 18. So Tiger had a really rough day. He's tied for 54th. DeChambeau is two over. Uh, Max Homa is two over, and that's about it here as we look at some of the bigger names who are out there. So the Masters is underway. If you'd like to give us your Masters prediction, you can do that now, even though Rom and Hovland are seven under par. Rom double bogeyed the first hole and then shot the lowest score in Masters history coming off a double bogey to end up minus seven. So he could have been nine under, nine under par. 63 if he didn't double bogey the first hole, which most guys don't do that. So that's where we stand on the Masters. Uh, Golden Knights play tonight against the L.A. Kings. They're one point ahead of Edmonton. This is a massive game tonight. It's at home. I'm going to the game. I'm fired up with a bunch of my buddies. We couldn't wait. We had these tickets a month ago, and I said to myself, I hope this game matters. They all matter in hockey, but Edmonton is surging, and the Kings are right behind them. I think it's very important that Vegas plays for the one seed. If they don't get the one seed, they're fine. It'll be a high seed. But I think having home ice throughout the West is going to be very important just for the mindset of this city and this team and having a game seven at home instead of on the road. I think you'd all agree on that. So that's something I want to get to in a big way today. If you're going to the game, I'll call in here. Again, my goal in the month of March, April, May is to harness this radio show and get it back to a sports talk show. I'm not going to talk Raiders every day, every segment. I'm just not going to do it because there's no need to. We all I need I need a break for a couple of segments of show to talk about the NBA playoffs, the Masters, and all of that. And I want to make sure our content when it comes to the Raiders is can't miss content. It's important. It's appointment listening. Just instead of just throwing Raider content up against the wall to see if it sticks, I'm not interested in this time of year other than the draft, and the draft is enormous. So that's got me locked in. So what I'm trying to do here with Bobby is book some mock draft guests every day. And we've had four this week through Thursday. We doubled up yesterday. So we're on pace for that, too. Tomorrow, tomorrow's show will be fun. We're going to play my interview with Steph McKenzie. I was on her podcast. So I think that's going to be fun. We'll do that. And I'll talk to her about everything that's going on with her podcast. It's a ladies Raiders podcast. And man, she asked a couple of tough questions about the Raiders, the roster, and all that. So we'll have some of that tomorrow. Also, Fred Bolitnikoff's golf tournament's coming up. I tweeted that out earlier today. If you could go to Belitnikoff.org, I would greatly appreciate that and maybe sign up for a foursome or take a look at the website and see if you can make a donation in any way possible there. So some of the things that we're looking at here as we get ready for Vince Sapienza, my longtime friend, does everything in this town, covers every sport, but he'll be at the Fortress tonight for the Golden Knights taking on the Kings. And Vince... It just feels big. You're in the press box in the locker room for every game. Tell us what's at stake heading into tonight.
1: Well, JT, it's massive, and I didn't didn't know you were no sure. getting these tickets <laughs> a month ago. Man, you picked uh, you picked the game, my friend. Well done on your end. This is yeah, this is massive. Massive. The standings say it all. One point ahead of second place Edmonton. Three points ahead of third place LA. And I think you're right. I think it's very important Vegas gets this one seed, not necessarily for who they match up against. I just think it's, it's more of a mindset type mm-hmm. thing. I think it's something more for the fans. They missed the postseason a year ago. At this point of the year, last season, every point matters, as you mentioned. They were just trying to get into the dance. So I, I think fans understand you can't take this time of year for granted. You want the easiest path you can possibly take. That's not to say there's easy teams. To play in the first round, but you want the easiest path possible. Home ice is always your friend. I don't care what's happened this season. The Golden Knights' home record hasn't been what it was in years past. Their road record has been incredible, setting a franchise mark with the number of road wins they've done this season. So, I like the Golden Knights wherever they're playing. But I think for the psyche, for the mindset, for finishing this season strong, it's going to go a long way in terms of getting that top seed, and it starts with tonight
0: in L.A. With Dreisaitl and obviously McDavid looming here and them playing and coming on strong that's exactly what I'm talking about. If it ends up being a VGK in Edmonton and that game's in Edmonton with two of the greatest goal scorers and snipers in this league I just like a little bit of home cooking. Also tell us about the Kings because the Kings just played Edmonton and they were on a big push here and it's looking like they're hitting a bit of a wall and they could get right back into this thing if they got two points tonight here in Vegas.
1: Yeah, I mean the the schedule makers deserve you know a bonus or whatever whatever they get because they they've matched up these teams and these games to mean a lot not just for the Golden Knights but for everybody in the Pacific Division. We look at that last game between L.A. and Edmonton. Uh, you're going to hear it a lot, especially when we talk about L.A. Low event hockey. They don't give you a lot. You're not going to see a ton of odd man rushes for the Golden Knights. You're not going to see a lot of breakaways. The L.A. Kings, they they. Uh, pride themselves on defense and not allowing too much, which is why they, they've allowed some of the fewest goals in the National Hockey League. And that's despite their goaltending not being incredibly good. So uh, you're going to get a lot of low-event hockey tonight. Every inch of ice is going to be a battle. We saw it last night, and for, for you know, the listeners that maybe didn't see it, but that Lightning Rangers game we witnessed last night, that is the epitome of, of playoff hockey. There were nine goals scored, but every inch of ice was a battle. There were fights. There were scrums. I'm expecting to see that type of game tonight. Again, maybe not nine goals, but I'm expecting to see a lot of messages being sent, maybe not so much for tonight's game, but for what could be in 10 days' time.
0: Vince Sapienza joins us, Fox 5, here in Vegas. You know, I look at the overall league and the best records in hockey. Vegas is fourth behind the Devils. Carolina Hurricanes and the Bruins, and only one team's coming out of the East, and I think that's going to be a battle here. And then right behind Vegas, you have the Rangers and then Edmonton. So this is one of the top four to five teams in all of hockey, and I think Vegas would have an easier road. Not that it's easy in hockey, but much easier than the Eastern Conference. So when you look at what could potentially be a matchup here, who are the teams back East east that you would say, if Vegas could get to the Cup Final if it wasn't Boston cuz Boston is going to win this thing. They got 125 points. Carolina's got 109. But Carolina and the Devils are going to have to battle it out. I'd like to see the Devils go up against the Bruins in a classic 6 or 7 games to kind of wear out the Bruins and maybe shock the world.
1: Yeah, you know, that's you know, it's so interesting. Boston's about to set, you know, a bunch of records tonight if they get a win right for points wins in a season but if you look at the start of the new year the Edmonton Oilers have the best records in the National Hockey League which is kind of mind-blowing to think about so that's just in the West but when you to your question with the East you know you look at the opponents and outside of Boston I really think if Toronto can can get rid of their demons and get past Tampa Bay which You figure they should, but you know what? They should have done it last year, too, and Tampa went to another Stanley Cup final for the third straight year. I I really like what Toronto has. I think, when healthy, with the additions of O'Reilly, with the additions of Sam Lafferty, they have all the defensemen, it seems. Uh, I really like Toronto's depth. I like their star power as much as anybody in the National Hockey League. Toronto's a team, if, if I'm not picking Boston, that I'm looking at, that would be, what a matchup for You know, Mm -hmm. you think of what if with the Golden Knights. That would be an incredible matchup, top to bottom, star power, uh, you know, the cities, the markets, everything.
0: Vince Sapienza, Fox 5. So you tweeted an hour ago, Cassidy called it a difficult decision to not have quick start versus L.A. He notified the goaltenders on Wednesday. Take me behind the scenes of that tweet.
1: You know, it's fascinating. On the weekend, he was asked, you know, have you you looked ahead to that Kings game? Because, again, even before that two-game road trip, that it was going to be a massive game nonetheless, and a lot of people thought that it was a, a no doubter. Jonathan Quick was starting; he was five and two before that Minnesota game, now five and three. And uh, you, you think, yeah, he's going to face his old team because that's that's just what happens in hockey. But Bruce said, you know, they haven't, they don't look that far out. They're just trying to get healthy. But he did make a, a, a point to say, you know, if I don't put him in, I'm the bad guy. So it, it's clear he's self-aware of the situation, but at the end of the day, it's about p- playing your best hockey. You have four regular season games left. Aiden Hill, Logan Thompson, both practice on their own this morning before morning skate on the other sheet of ice here at City National Arena. So they're still not even getting uh, mixed up with, with the team. So they're not close to playing. So that means you only got four games left. Laurent Bressois has been far and wide the better goalie between he and Jonathan Quick mm-hmm. when healthy. Again, that's a caveat with every goaltender with the Golden Knights, when healthy. But Laurent Brassois has been playing the best hockey of his National Hockey League career. He is really ratcheting up the opportunity to be that number one for the Golden Knights heading into round one of the Stanley Cup playoffs. To me, it was a no-doubter, and it really wasn't even a question. Laurent Brassois should be the one starting in tonight's game. He's the one playing the best hockey right now for the team, and he gives the Golden Knights, the best chance to win. And uh, so, yeah, I do think it was a difficult decision for Bruce because I know how much this game would have meant for Jonathan Quick. But Jonathan Quick, since day one arriving in Vegas, saying he is here to help the team in whatever capacity. That means that that was not going to be a vengeance tour mm-hmm. for Jonathan Quick or a revenge tour. This was about helping the team win, and Laurent, Laurent Brossois is the guy to do it tonight.
0: Vince Sapienza, as we say goodbye in a moment here, he's got a busy day with the game in front of us tonight. I want to pivot to the Raiders, and we're going to have you on the week of the draft. And I don't want to hold you to your pick now, but where are you leaning towards? You're very close to the owner, you're around the organization, you're at press conferences. You know this is a new regime with Dave Ziggler. He has his first-round draft pick because last year we didn't have one and two with Devontae coming in. What are you sensing with all the media trying to play up the quarterbacks and Anthony Richardson and maybe the uh, Raiders trading from seven to go get Bryce Young, who they've met with several times? What are you sensing going on around the scene here of the NFL with the Raiders at seven?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm obviously getting a sense with, with everybody else that Bryce Young is, is kind of the, the apple of their eye, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's met with them a couple times. He checks all the boxes. But i, I got to tell you, JT, I'm on this Anthony Richardson bandwagon. Whoa! I, Whoa! I, I, mean, me, I mean, I'm all about it. I mean, this kid is impressive. I love the way he conducts himself, the way he, he talks, the way he understands that, uh, you know, a lot of kids say, you know, want to be the guy right then, right now. But he understands. The process, and if he has to wait, he has to wait. If he plays right away, he can play. I, I, I'm, I'm all aboard. And you know what? I'm, I was not there <laughs> two months ago. Mm-hmm. But in the last two months, this kid has, uh, has turned me into a big, big fan. And I think Raider Nation will be lucky to get him. Now it's just a matter of, you know, does he fit what Josh wants to do? I mean, is, is that something that Josh wants to? You know, that's a long term. Long, long game, you know, that's mm-hmm. not a short-term fix, that's a long game that you're playing, and we've seen other teams try and play the long game with a, you know, in Chicago with a Justin Fields or you know, even San Francisco Trey Lance and things, you know, injuries and what have you with these athletic quarterbacks not to say Richardson is going to be either of those guys, but that's the risk you take you wait, you wait, you wait and then when they get their opportunity, you still kind of don't know, and mm-hmm. now you're at the end of a contract and you're kind of back at square one Long story short, I'm a big fan of Richardson. wouldn't surprise me, though, if the Raiders make a, a big move and uh, go get Bryce Young. But I also hear that Aaron Rodgers guy is still <laughs> to uh, you, would, you could have five
0: quarterbacks ready to go on this team. I'll see you at the building tonight at the Fortress. Thanks so much for making some time for me today, buddy.
1: Thanks, JT. Appreciate it. All you.
0: right, Vince Sapienza, Fox 5, along with Kevin Bollinger and that whole team there, they do a great job. And he'll be out there tonight. As you can tell, I'm going big on the hockey today for a reason. I don't. I really back this hockey team and this game tonight, and I think more people should. I think this town is a small, small sports radio town compared to Boston, New York, Detroit, and I think we should act like a bigger sports town on days like this. I really do. I could care less what people think. This is this is a day today where everybody should be out early. And not everybody's a hockey fan. I get it. But there's a lot of hockey fans here. And even if you're a bandwagon fan, I treat this Thursday night like it's a Friday night in this town. Because we just had the Thursday regional here for college basketball. You didn't know these teams. Right? It was Gonzaga, UConn, and all that. We're saying, hey, man, treat this like Vegas should be. Make it big. Well, tonight's a night to make it big for hockey. And if you don't watch a lot of hockey, I would assume this is a game that you would like to dial into and really enjoy. The golf is excellent today. Man, uh, Rory McElroy's out there grinding just like Tiger. Rory McElroy is really struggling today. Uh, he's a one or two over par. I'm waiting to get you the exact score here, but he is grinding to try to get it done, and the live golfers are doing well. Oh, Jordan Spieth with a birdie. He's four under on the front. On the front, through eight, Jordan Spieth playing well. He is climbing up that leaderboard. I don't remember a leaderboard this powerful, Brooks Kepka's in third place at five under par, the live golfer. Love seeing that. I want to see a couple of these live golfers near the top and to have that PGA versus live, a little bit of battle going. That'll be a lot of fun. Uh, we are brought to you by our great friends at Resorts World. Resorts World's got everything. If you haven't been there yet, I, I scratch my head. How have you not been to Resorts World? It's the premier property on the strip, and they're our partner. We were the first radio show ever to partner with Resorts World. Man, am I proud of that. And we love sending you to Resorts World. And if you're looking for a great cigar experience, best one in town is 8 Cigar Lounge. You can see Luke Bryant, Carrie Underwood, uh, Katy Perry, all the shows that they have there in the theater. You can go to Wally's and have some unbelievable wine, some salami and cheese, which I love there. And then you can go to Zook, the newest nightclub in the world. So it's got everything there at Resorts World. Scott Sabella's vision of building a resort with Doghouse Saloon with the sports book right there to watch the Masters. That'd be a good day tomorrow maybe to go there for a cup of coffee and sit out there and watch a couple of holes at Resorts World. But we got a big show tomorrow on Friday. We're working on the Friday show. Bobby's always working a day ahead, and we appreciate that. When we come back, we're going to get into another big topic. Anthony Richardson, is he the quarterback for the Raiders or not? I think to be
1: able to add a player that we know um, is a proven leader and a proven winner um, was very attractive to us. And, and I think for us too to, to be able to see his development as a young player in New England for the first couple years, leave that system, go to San Francisco, and some of the intangible traits and some of the things that we saw, and he won for us when Tom wasn't able play for those few games he came in and won for us to be to be able to see him go to san francisco and do those same things yeah you know was i think was you know really um speaks a lot to who he who he truly is
0: welcome back jt with you as we continue on raider nation radio nine twenty a.m brought to you by resorts world resorts world home of eight cigar lounge All the great spots that I like to hang out with. Scott Sabella's vision of how to do sports at Resorts World. Head on out to Doghouse Saloon to watch all the Masters coverage coming up here. Raider Nation, absolutely big day today as we're getting closer to the NFL draft here at the end of the month. I'm going to the Golden Knights game. That's going to be massive tonight against the LA Kings. And hope to see a lot of you out there. Uh, Earlier this morning, I got up, I watched a lot of Masters coverage earlier. And then I tuned into a couple of mock drafts on NFL Network, started looking around, and I found Bucky Brooks's mock draft at NFL.com. And I want to get into this today because I almost fell out of my bleeping chair. Bucky Brooks is fantastic. He just put out his mock draft 3.0. So, of course, I clicked it on, and Bucky uh, does a lot of work here with the Raiders. So you find Bucky on NFL.com, but also at Raiders.com because he does some freelance work for the Raiders and also he works with the Jaguars so I saw him at the Hall of Fame game this year got a lot of respect for Bucky as a former player as a former defensive back a special teams guy Bucky knows what he's talking about so I jump on his mock draft earlier this morning and I'm starting to look at it and the mock draft is titled Colts pass on a quarterback Will Levis falls out of the first round I said, wait a second, Will Levis out of the first round or Will Levis drops out of the first five picks? So I click on this mock draft and I got to give Bucky a lot of credit. Uh, Bucky went out there and probably did what he thought was right. Probably went out there and said, this is what I would do. Because that's what happens this time of year with mock drafts. You either do one or two types of mock drafts. It's either the mock draft that you think is accurate because of the players that you like and you've researched and especially a lot of these scouts, and guys who have mock drafts were former scouts or they're people that travel to colleges and watch these players play. So they have much better analysis than I do. I try to take all this information and what I watch and form my own opinions. But well, what I do a lot, of, and I don't hide behind that, is I take a lot of other mock drafts. I look at some film and from watching a lot of football and listening around the league and interviewing a lot of people, I'll come up in the next week or two with what I think is the first 20 picks of the draft or maybe the first round. I did one with my son the last couple of years, and it's been fun to do that with them. As a matter of fact, that's what I think I'm going to do is do a mock draft with both my sons who are in college because they love this part of the business. So back to Bucky Brooks. Bucky has Carolina taking C.J. Stroud number one. Uh, the prototypical passer, five-star tools, I agree with that. I think Carolina obviously moved up to number one. And did the deal with the Bears because they knew the quarterback they wanted. So that's going to be the big thing that happens. Is it Bryce Young or is it C.J. Stroud? So Bucky's next pick was number two, the Houston Texans take Bryce Young. That's what most people have. Most people have those two picks, either flip-flop or the way I have it as of today. C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young, one and two. Then Bucky at number three has Arizona taking Will Anderson, the edge rusher out of Alabama. And a lot of people have that because... They got Kyler Murray. He's injured. He's going to come back a third or halfway through the season. They got to replace J.J. Watt. They got to get a little bit more help. Arizona also needs a corner, and I'll get to that with the Raiders in a second. Arizona desperately needs corner help, and Arizona could trade out of that number three pick and move back. But here's where Bucky Brooks's mock draft jumped out at me. At number four, where a lot of people think Indianapolis needs a quarterback, and they do, he has him taking Tyree Wilson, the edge rusher out of Texas Tech who's the senior, and a lot of mock draft guys and gals are hot right now on Tyree Wilson. That's the one name that keeps jumping off all the mock drafts that I look at, that he's ascending upwards and not dropping, and he's dropping, you know, Jalen Carter could be dropping. So Indiana at four, Indianapolis at four doesn't take Anthony Richardson and doesn't take Will Levis. At number five, Seattle, which needs a quarterback, very similar to the Raiders. Raiders have Jimmy Garoppolo. Who's, I think, much better than Geno Smith. So, wouldn't you park a good quarterback behind Geno? But Geno just got a three year deal. So, Bucky at number five has Seattle taking Jalen Carter. So, this is the big move because Carter should go number one or two overall or no farther than number three. But with his personal issues off the field, he could be dropping. And I think that's about as far as he's going to drop. Remember, his agent, Drew Rosenhaus, is really good. He's a big hype machine agent. And I don't see Jalen Carter getting past five or six at Detroit. Now, at number six, Bucky has uh, Devin Weatherspoon, the senior cornerback from Illinois, who I like a lot, going to Detroit. And then Bucky at number seven has the Raiders going with Christian Gonzalez, the Oregon cornerback, who I agree with. If I was choosing, which I'm not, if I was choosing today and I was the Raiders, I'd stay at number seven, take Christian Gonzalez, very similar to a young Namdi Asamoah starting corner day one, and that's what happens. But here's what Bucky wrote. Bucky Brooks, he goes, in my uh, last mock draft, I had the Raiders selecting quarterback Will Levis here, but that was before they signed Jimmy Garoppolo, who's present as a veteran single caller, enables Las Vegas to focus on taking the best player available to upgrade the defense. Gonzalez is a big athletic cover corner who would fit well, into defensive coordinator Patrick Graham's plans for a lockdown defender with ball skills. I couldn't have wrote that any better. If you gave me 24 hours and said, JT, give me a paragraph for the Raiders at seven, I would pick Christian Gonzalez and I would cut and paste what Bucky just said about him. I love it because of Jimmy Garoppolo and now Brian Hoyer, who I think is an outstanding backup quarterback. Now the Raiders can focus on defense. Then at number eight, You know, it starts to go to Lucas Van Ness, the Bears at number nine. He has Peter Skorinski, the great offensive tackle out of Northwestern, who's going to go in the top ten. And then at number ten, Bucky had the Eagles taking Nolan Smith, the edge rusher from Georgia, the senior. And the Eagles would upgrade their defensive line. Because remember, the Eagles have lost a couple of players. All right, so at this point, Bucky doesn't go with Will Levis. But what about Anthony Richardson, who's visiting the Raiders tomorrow? So I'm starting to scroll down. And it gets to pick number 11, Tennessee. And Bucky has Paris Johnson Jr., the Ohio State tackle. Right there, Tennessee could have took their quarterback in Anthony Richardson with Malik Willis, a guy that they're trying to groom. But Richardson should not drop. And most of the mock drafts, he hasn't dropped past number 11. I keep scrolling down. I'm looking for where is Bucky Brooks? Where is Bucky putting Anthony Richardson? And I get all the way down to number 20, Seattle quarterback anthony richardson so bucky has anthony richardson who a lot of people have the raiders moving up to from number seven to four or three to get anthony richardson bucky the voice of reason has richardson probably where he deserves to go number 20 and he writes seattle's player development model could transform richardson into a superstar With Geno Smith entrenched as the veteran starter after signing a three-year deal, the Seahawks could take their time shaping the young five-star athlete on the practice field. All right. So this is the first time I've talked to you in the last week, week and a half, as we're really ramping up with the mock drafts here, that I finally saw someone with a voice of reason. That Anthony Richardson isn't worth a top five pick. He isn't worth a top seven pick. He's probably maybe even a reach at number 20, but he found the fit there. That made all the sense in the world. So again, I want to make sure I throw out this disclaimer, as I've been saying. If Dave and Josh believe that Anthony Richardson is, is just a unicorn, generational talent, then go take him at number seven and park him. Then you have the three guys in the quarterback room you can live with, and you're going to develop this guy to be the face of the franchise. Richardson will take over at some point near the end of the season, depending on the Raiders' record, and next year, no doubt about it, becomes the face of the Raider franchise for years to come. Or do you go on the defensive side? You know where I stand with Gonzalez, the cornerback. But, you know, congratulations. A little round of applause for Bucky Brooks, who was a voice of reason on this pick. And he didn't even have Will Levis in the first round. He has Will Levis dropping out of the first round because I think Bucky, along with a lot of other analysts, don't think he's a first-round talent. But there's such a heavy run on quarterbacks, such an elite run on these quarterbacks who are going to go so high that everybody wants to pencil these quarterbacks going in. And they want them really high. So, Also earlier, I videotaped this on my phone so I'd be able to have it for the show. Dan Orlowski today. Uh, did a whole feature on Anthony Richardson, the quarterback out of Florida. And he said that he was the only quarterback in all of college football that had two touchdown passes that traveled over 50 yards in the air. I I found that shocking. Yeah, Richardson had two. Everybody else underneath the list had one. Also, last season, he ranked number one as a quarterback in all of college football with yards per rush. Every time this quarterback ran the ball, he ran for 6.3 yards far and away number one and then he had a new stat that i hadn't seen before anthony richardson broken tackle percentage 19 percent, and that's really easy to see because anthony richardson is a monster he's so big his legs are tree trunks he's got all the moves he can run really fast and he can break tackles so i thought we'd share a little bit on the highs and lows of anthony richardson today as he'll be in the raider facility tomorrow i believe might be getting here today or tonight but this is another pro visit. Bryce Young visiting, Anthony Richardson visiting. Are the Raiders using this as a smoke screen, Or do they have the ability to trade up from number seven? What I think some of the Raider conspiracy theorists must be thinking at this point, which would make sense, is that the Raiders are going to trade up from seven. Which they have the fresh powder to do that. They can do that. They have the ability to go from seven and move up because Dave's got all those picks from five through seven. You can package them, move them up. You can move up from a second. You can give up a lot. You can give up next year's first. There's a ton you can do, and Dave Ziegler's analyzing all of that. But I just wanted to share with you a couple of analysts. Dan Orlowski was very high on him, calling him a unicorn, and Bucky Brooks, who I think put this into reality. I like to dip the show in reality all the time, and I just did. Is Anthony Richardson going to be the first pick for the Raiders? I don't think so, but I wouldn't be shocked if he was. And if he drops past number seven, could the Raiders move up into the first round with another pick and get him? Absolutely. But as I head on out on this Thursday in the Masters where Tiger, man, Tiger's putter was a problem today. I'll get to that again before we wrap it up. I really believe that the Raiders are sending smoke signals either way. And that's what Dave Ziegler should be doing. Every other team around this league should be saying, I have no idea what Las Vegas is doing. I think they might go big and get a quarterback. I think they might trade back. I think they're going to go all defense. And that is the guessing game going forward. 702-365-9200. If you're going to the Vegas Golden Knights game tonight, let me know. I think it's going to be fantastic. I'm all geared up, ready to go. Look at your watch. I can't wait to get down to T-Mobile get to the Fortress, head on up top to Hyde Lounge, see my buddy Tommy Ippolito, get a beverage in, and get in my seat for what I think is the biggest game of the year if Vegas can win. Give them one step closer to winning not only the Pacific but the West and to have that number one seat overall. We're brought to you by our great friends at Virgin Hotels Las Vegas. I'll be at Virgin after the game tonight. Always a place to wind down. See my good friend John O'Donnell, whose family's in town as he runs One Steakhouse have a post game beverage, and I hope uh, the Golden Knights win this game. It's a really important one to put the Kings in Edmonton be- behind them and peak heading into the postseason. This is Raider Nation Radio. We've all seen the 6'4", 225-pound guy that can throw it like a bazooka, but he can't make the choices and decisions. He can't distribute the ball. He can't throw it accurately. So who's, who's the better bet? I'm going on history, production, performance, and you know, Bryce Young's done it about as well as anybody. That's Nick Saban, head coach of Alabama. He is Patriot-friendly. Bill Belichick. Josh McDaniels over the years, Dave Ziegler, Bryce Young. A big conversation coming in here today. Welcome back. We are brought to you by the Botanist Gin. Botanists will own the summer when it comes to their gin, what they're doing with a mixture of lemonade. Wait till you hear what we have, the new cocktail. All the remotes will be doing out for Botanist. Remy Martin, team up for excellence. Brooks Kepka is on the 18th tee. He's six under, and he just blasted his drive right down the middle. What a leaderboard. John Rahm. And Victor Hovland, seven under. Kepka, six under. Uh, This is amazing. Jordan Spieth in fifth at four under. So, Kepka, the live golfer who left the PGA tour for all the money at Live, he was featured on Full Swing, the Netflix documentary with his, at that time, his fiance, who's now his wife. And Kepka dyed his hair blonde and he looked depressed and he wasn't happy in life and golf. And now he's fixed it and he looks great. He just won last week on the live tour. And he is having the best round of his life at Augusta National. Scotty Scheffler through 11. It's 2-under. The reigning champ's fine. I mean, 2-under is a great place to be today. A couple of guys went low. The weather is supposed to get pretty extreme here over the next couple of days. So over the next couple of days, there's going to be rain. I think the tournament's going to start and stop. Uh, for Tiger Woods, Tiger Woods is 2-over. He's going to have to go out tomorrow late. I think he's going to be challenged by the weather. And Tiger's going to have to stay loose. He's going to have to stay loose, and he's going to have to be ready to go. 702-365-9200. We threw that topic out. We threw that topic out earlier about the people who hate the Patriots. No one called, which is fine. That, right? See, that, that's the difference between Twitter and phones, right? So Twitter, everybody hates the Patriots. What are the Raiders doing? Getting all, you open up the phone line, give you nine phone lines. No one has anything bad to say about the Patriots, right? Yeah, that's what, it's the difference between social media and the phones. And we have phones. For you to call in on. So uh, we'll put that topic to rest. So next time someone blanks and moans that another Patriot is coming in, we'll close that topic down. We gave it to you today. We close it down today. Ian Rappaport, we often play him from NFL Network. The Raiders have a lot of visits with quarterbacks. They went out to visit pro days. They went to the Combine. Clearly, the Raiders are sensing that they want a quarterback. I don't know where they're going to get him, but this is Ian Rappaport from earlier today.
2: That would be the Las Vegas Raiders, who, of course, have done all the quarterback homework. We're at all the pro days, and are expected to visit with all the top guys throughout the course of the process. Bryce Young is there today, Alabama quarterback who is certainly in contention to be the number one overall pick by the Carolina Panthers. If he is not taking one, if the Panthers go with C.J. Stroud or potentially other Uh, then presumably Bryce Schoen would go two. So why are the Las Vegas Raiders meeting with him? Well, one would think, Mike, that potentially they would consider a trade up to two. I know there were some people who thought they might end up trading up to one before the Carolina Panthers made that big move with the Chicago Bears. Either way, one thing we know about the draft is you really have no idea. And so it is better to just do your homework and be ready for every crazy situation rather than not I'd say that's probably the category that the Raiders in right now, talking to Bryce Young on his top 30 visit.
0: It's a big hit me Ian Rappaport just on NFL Network. So let's break down what he said. If the Raiders were able to trade up, they tried to trade up for number one. Report said they didn't get it with Chicago. Carolina did. We assume that Carolina won C.J. Stroud. So if Bryce Young is the one that the Raiders love, that that's the quarterback they want, I'm all for them trading up to number two. Okay, let's get that out of the way because I don't want it to be confusing. If they want him that badly and they've hunted him down, they've been everywhere with him. Dinners, Pro Day, here in Vegas today, if that's the guy they want and they're going to trade up to number two, that is the absolute franchise player. That's the guy. And how could you not be behind that? Who cares about draft picks? You get more coming up. Okay, I I want defense, but if you talk Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, i change my mind. Anthony Richardson and Will Levis as of today – I wouldn't take him number one with the seventh pick. I wouldn't trade up to get him. But I would for Bryce Young and and Stroud. I think those two guys are worth the risk. And it's it's starting to sense when when Ian Rappaport puts the suit on and goes behind the microphone to tell you that, he wants to tell you that for a reason. So I think it's pretty fascinating what's going on here. The smoke signals that we talked about earlier today and the direction that they could go in. Scotty Scheffler on 12, the famous par 3, Stands over it, hits it high, high up. He leaves it. Wow, perfect. About seven, eight feet away, he'll have a birdie putt. Scheffler is two under. Kepka is going for another birdie. Uh, that would take him to seven under par as he's on 18. So back to the quarterbacks today as we talk about this. Is there confusion? None for me. No confusion for me. The Raiders got Jimmy Garoppolo. I was the first to interview him on the radio. We welcomed him here. I'm all behind Jimmy G. But if they go Bryce Young, then it's kind of hello Jimmy G, take us away, let's see what you can do, and we got the guy. And that to me takes a lot of balls to do that. You know, bring in Jimmy G and then go, "Hey, we got someone that we thinks better and is going to be the face of the franchise. What would happen with Jimmy G going forward?" Jimmy G would play year 1, and they would park Bryce Young and then Bryce Young would have an opportunity uh, to play probably sooner than later. That's what makes this so complicated for everybody looking at this. As we wrap it up, I want to get to the Lakers last night. A Lakers lost to the Clippers at home, and now the Clippers have overtaken the Lakers in the standings. And before the game, we didn't know if Anthony Davis and LeBron James were going to play. They were both game-time decisions. So they both played, and they had terrible first halves, and they didn't seem to be into it. It wasn't a big deal for them. And they, I thought they mailed it in. Here's Darvin Hamm, the head coach, afterwards, clearly pointing out that the Lakers weren't ready to play. This is a prideful competitive group and and we had some things that just didn't go our way and you know it was definitely a lack of energy at the outstart and lack of execution but
1: we pulled ourselves together to try to give ourselves a chance and that's all you can ask for
0: now so he wanted more effort he didn't get the effort and the lakers lose it wasn't a home game for them even though it was played in their home building but i thought it was pretty fascinating to watch that game because they left anthony davison really late they were down 18 points and Anthony Davis was in the game in the fourth quarter. I thought that was a bit of a mistake. I didn't understand why there, but they wanted to stay in. More from Darvin Ham on the health of this team going forward as they're trying to stay out of the play-in tournament and secure the 6th or seven seed. You know, you just try to be as responsible as possible with your players' health. So it, it, it was no way we were going to allow it. <laughs> We were going to be able to do that, and our medical staff was going to allow
1: us to do that. So they did what they had to do to get a win, and um, we did what we had to do
0: to give, our, give ourselves a chance to win, not only tonight, but to keep our players in good standing health-wise going forward. You know, Talking about health-wise, that means they're playing these players when they're tired, or the players aren't at 100%, which I think is clearly bogus because I studied the history of the game. And there were times where Bill Russell wasn't 100%, Elijah Olajuwon, Shaquille O'Neal, and they played. They played at the end of the year. And this way, Kevin McHale and Bird. Larry Bird used to play at the end of his Celtic career and have to lay down lay down on the floor before he went back into the game with back spasms. Remember that? Bobby, you agree? Larry Bird would lay down on the court because he'd have back spasms. Today, the coach would be, get to the locker room. You're off for three days. We don't, even want, we don't even think about you playing. Those guys used to play through pain. Now, you have to sit around before a game and wonder if Anthony Davis can play. What are you talking about? He played the night before in Salt Lake City. Why wouldn't he play? Because it's a back-to-back. And everybody's afraid of letting these superstars play in back-to-back games LeBron James understands what's happening down the stretch here. There's only a few games left. They got to prioritize it and get a few more wins. It's
2: one of the toughest, uh, toughest games we've had this year. Just uh, you know, coming off the road trip, and even though this was a road game, you know, just um, you know, getting back, you know, late
1: last night, but after an overtime game, and it was a tough game for us. Obviously, we started off in the first half, not so playing Laker basketball. We had some good spurts, but uh, not enough. So. This is one of those uh, those scheduling conflicts, you know, in the season. (laughs) And uh, definitely got the best of us tonight.
0: Scheduling conflicts. Even LeBron James is admitting back-to-back is a pain in the ass. Isn't that amazing? And he said, we got in late last night. You know how they got in last night? They got in on a private jet. Not a train. Not a commercial airline. They got in on a private jet. And then they had buses waiting for them. And then they went to their cars, which were either Rolls Royces, Ferraris. And then they went to their mansions and went to bed. It's exactly, I decide, dissect the soundbite. That's what these guys think now. Hey, man, scheduling. We had a back to back game. It's tough. What's tough? LeBron James, a billionaire. He's a billionaire. He's an all time leading scorer. And he just told you how tough it is and difficult it is. That is the new era athlete. Uh, Tiger just said he's still hopeful after opening with the 74 at the Masters. Uh, not exactly what he wanted to do. Uh, Tiger Woods finished two over, so he's nine shots behind the leaders. Nine shots behind him. And there's a couple of guys that are buried at over one over par. But the leaderboard now, Rahm at seven under, Hovland at seven, Kepka at six, Young at five, Speef at four. Uh, so Tiger Woods said he was an inch away from making a bunch of putts, and he was right. His bogey put on the 18th green, uh, he was visibly upset about it. And he said, today was the opportune time to get the round under par, and I didn't do that. Most of the guys are going low today. This was the day to do it. Hopefully tomorrow I'll be a little bit better, a little bit sharper, and kind of the inches will go my way. Well, Tiger's right about that. He didn't. He, he played well today. He really played well from tee to green, but he just couldn't putt, and that cost him that. So Scotty Scheffler is also out here making a run. He's going for a birdie on the par 3 12 hole it's about a 10-footer, and he misses it big. Misses it by a good two feet, and uh, he rolls by the cup there. So thanks, Bobby. We did a lot today. Good show today. Really happy with the guest that we had. Thanks again to Vince Sapienza. And we opened up the show with Riley Smith uh, from the Golden Knights, and that was a nice get for us. Thank you. That was a big game tonight. So I'll be heading down to the Fortress. If you see me there, if I see you there, uh, let's toast the beverage tonight for what I believe is the biggest hockey game of the season. This is the big one. If they can win this, get a little bit of room over Edmonton with a couple of games left against teams they should be able to win, I think that'll be fantastic. I think that'll be fantastic if that could happen. And I'm excited about this, and I'm ready to roll. This will be a lot of fun, a lot of fun, to go to a hockey game tonight with something on the line with a first-place team, which a lot of people dreamed of when the Vegas Golden Knights came. here. be sitting here, in early April, the Masters weekend, playing for the one seed. Uh, tomorrow, Vinny Bonsignor is confirmed to join us at 1230. I might replay the Freddie Bolitnikoff interview because it was really good. And we get to talk to Freddie. Some people didn't hear it. We're trying to sell foursomes for his golf tournament. I think there's one or two left. So if you go to belitnikoff.org, you can log in and buy a foursome and hang out with Fred Bolitnikoff for two or three days. If I'm a Raider fan, and I am. I think that's a cool thing to do. Q's on deck. He's ready to go. Thanks again to Bobby, all of our guests. I'm going to go home and watch some Masters down the stretch and head on out early to the Fortress. Maybe go to that little center bar they have at um, Park MGM where I hang out. Uh, hung out with the 1980 hockey team when they were in town. That's what I think I'll do. I'll have a modello at that little center bar over at the Park MGM and toast one before the game. It's going to be a fun night tonight. My son's flying in tonight from Easter from Arizona State too. So I'm excited to see my son coming in and if you're celebrating the Easter holiday, have a great Easter weekend everyone.